Hey there, welcome. Um, really late. <laughs> what are we calling this, Craig? It's the late show. The real late show. Yeah, it's it's been a day, dude. Um, we're not going to record for two hours tonight. We'll, we'll do a, a short one tonight. Um, how are you, Craig? Doing pretty well. Fighting some allergies, but doing pretty well. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Just. Lots going on, man. It's not even just with the podcast or with work. It's just been Saturday night. I was driving around like a crazy man. We have a bunch of errands to do. I was freaked out. Sunday, um, I volunteer production at the church. I forgot Sunday was Mother's Day. So I figured we needed to go see my mom, but we couldn't leave Columbus till like 1230. We went to the Canton-Akron area at 3. Didn't get back till 1030. Uh, p- putting kids to bed at 1030 sucks, Craig. Yeah. They're all grumpy. And uh, today just kept busy. It was just a, a wild day. Yeah. I-, I will say something real quick that was kind of fun. Um, I don't understand. And I'm not sure if, if you guys found the church down there yet or not. But have you ever gone to church that has a bookstore in it? It has a bookstore? No. No, I can't okay. say that I have. Uh, church we attend has a big bookstore in it, and I don't think it's bad. I just, to me, I'm like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really thinking about that. Well, we ran out of time, so I didn't have time to buy my wife or my mom a uh, Mother's Day gift. So we have two services on Sunday morning. We're relatively new at the church. I don't know too many people there, so I have a half hour to kill, and I'm like, Craig, what am I going to do? Am I going to just sit in the back, stare at my phone or whatever? They had that bookstore. I'm like, oh, this is great. Craig, I did my Christmas, my Mother's Day shopping between services at the bookstore. So, so these are for these are for purchase. Like you purchase the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it, they had new books, you know, new Christian books and stuff. So, I picked something out for my mom. Picked something out for my wife. Uh, they actually have some Melissa and Doug toys. I don't know if you've seen those. Like, they're yeah. like black toys for kids. So it's not even just strictly Christian stuff. Uh, they they have other toys and everything. They have like mugs and glasses and other stuff. It was okay. well, we yeah, I mean, kind of we, did, we didn't have it in our church, but like the sorrowful mother of the shrine in Bellevue which kind of ties into what we're going to talk about here with Bellevue. Yeah. Um, does, you know, they have a, a gift shop uh, where you can go and they have church services outdoors and indoors there. Um, you know, I, I think the closest we've ever seen to a bookstore is, you know, they'll, they, every now and then you're leaving, they might, they might have free copies of books or something like that, that you could, you know, pick up for, you know, no, at no cost. But yeah, I've never been into one that has like a gift shop though. That's kind of cool. Yeah, again, there's nothing wrong with it. I just never got the point before. Uh, we got a gift card there, like last Christmas. The okay. church gave gifts to special needs parents, so we use that to buy an extra gift for our kids. But other than that, I'm like, why would you go there every week or whatever, you know? And it was funny just going there. I mean, I told some of my friends in the production team going, this is fantastic. We need to have like a Walmart down in the church. So if you need to go grocery shopping with yeah. services, you know, you can you can hammer out some errands, dude. It'd be great. Absolutely, yeah. Get some groceries on your way out or something. I, I've been tempted to just bring my laptop and do some work, but 
there's a lot you gotta remember. It's if we had more time tonight, I, I would I would tell you more about my adventures in production. I mean, I I was doing TV camera work, Craig. I haven't done that before. Yeah, kind exciting. of. Yeah. I, I've watched probably a billion hours of TV over my life, but I never did the camera work. I've been you know recording some YouTube videos. It was kind of yeah. wild. All right, well. But speaking of YouTube, you see, I found a transition. Halfway during the story, I'm like, how the heck are we going to transition back to our story? But I found it. Um, you know, we talked a lot with uh, Joe Castle about YouTube. And um, as I was saying in the last show, I, I'm watching a lot more of the YouTube videos. Well, I haven't seen this family yet. I think it's, what, the Baldwin family, I believe, is their last name? Um, is it the Crawfords? The Crawford. Oh, Crawford family. Uh, sorry, wrong last name. Well, there's a family, and, you know, there's YouTube channels for everything. Um, a lot of families just share their story. You know, if it's an autistic family or, a, you know, uh, next week we're talking about farming family or a family where someone's married to a quadriplegic. There's a lot of interesting stories you can find on YouTube. Well, it's this family that likes to exercise, right? And their kids run, and I, I guess the family is a little controversial because... They have their kids run long races. And uh, a few weeks back in the Cincinnati area, there's a big race. I might, yeah, it's a full marathon. Uh, it's a Flying Pig Marathon. And what happened was the Crawford family allowed the six year old to run. And there, there is age requirements. I mean, usually you can't run in a race like that if you're six. <laughs> but, but you know, it's like some, sometimes enforcing other rules, you can't always enforce it, you know. So you just hope that people will have sense enough not to have their kids run a long way. But they couldn't catch it. And now they're going to say we're going to strictly enforce the uh, race moving forward. I, I don't know what to say about this, Craig. I mean, we like these YouTube stuff. Some of the YouTube things we watch are kind of goofy. Probably not the wisest decision for them to do it. Should we start enforcing these YouTube content creators? Well, no, I mean, you know, they obviously have the right to, you know, exercise and get their kids out and playing and exercising. I mean, running a marathon seems like a stretch for a six-year-old, but right. um, then there was also reports that a 12-year-old was was said to have wrote you know raced the the marathon it just it seems like i don't know that we need to you know micromanage people on youtube unless they're doing things that are you know illegal or whatever or you know a safety concern but yeah running a marathon probably a little much for a six-year-old kid to handle and you know who knows how what the kid really thought or what the parents really thought or however but it, it seems as though the, the flying pig marathon here needs to be better equipped to know who's racing in their race and who's signed up, who's registered, how old they are. And then when they check in, obviously, you know, there needs to be, you know, more vetting process because you just, I don't think they'd want me to be running the race if I showed up that day and decided I wanted to run a marathon and, you know, probably keel over because I'm not equipped to run a marathon, just like a six-year-old isn't. No matter how much exercise the six-year-old gets, he's just not equipped for that. Well, here's the other thing, too. Yeah, you shouldn't have a six-year-old run a marathon if you have a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever. But it seems almost like Flying Pig, yeah, they don't want a six-year-old to run, but it's almost a PR problem. 
Because what do you think are the chances? Like, I don't know how many people run that race each year, but I'm sure there's other people under the age limit who run. But now this is a big deal because they have a YouTube channel. They're pretty popular. They yeah. get a ton of hits. So if they're sitting here like, hey, we're at the Flying Pig Marathon and the six-year-old's running. Yeah, some people think it's cool, but I'm sure some people are like, holy crap, they're monsters at the Flying Pig Marathon. It's, it's almost like Flying Pig is protecting their butt, not just from... Because it becomes a PR thing. Now it's in... Yeah. I don't know how many views that video got, but... You know, say a million people watch it. Now a million people are either saying, yay, Flying Pig allows, you know, young runners, or they're saying, oh my gosh, they're yeah. horrible. And, you know, you know how reputation is, you know. Well, you know, I'm, I'm normally of the mindset that any publicity is good, but in this case, I, you know, if they, if they feel like they're going to capitalize off of their six-year-old running and become YouTube famous or even more famous from that, I don't, I don't know that that's going to work out in their benefit. I think the vast majority of people are going to probably maybe not be offended by this, but very much concern over a six-year-old running a race like that. So I don't know that they're going to get the fame and fortune off of the, the YouTube clicks moving forward unless people just don't care, which I can't imagine that many people would not care that a six-year-old was right. essentially forced to run this race, you know, when they're, when they just weren't, supposed to be so i'm i'm sure their their 15 minutes of fame will probably die down pretty quick well i'm thinking like i used to be hey free speech is great you know if you're at a cleveland guardians game you know film all your youtube can videos and upload them and it's not like cleveland guardians but man if i was a big brand like that i would want to be careful like zach campbell i like the guy uh, we had him on a few weeks back. It was fun talking to him and everything. But, you know, if Zach Campbell did anything even perceived to be wrong, if he did it at a certain game, now the team is embarrassed. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I kind of wonder if more people are going to start to be nervous about that stuff in the future. Because if you're filming a YouTube video at a marathon or a ball game or whatever else, do you, I mean, I'm assuming you have the right to shoot a video. I mean, you could just shoot a video of your kid and say, hey, we're having a great day at the ball game. Look, it's his first popcorn or whatever, you know. And those are fun memories. But, man, if I was a big brand, like a big store or a team or anything, I'd be kind of nervous about that stuff too. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be associated with something bad. And that, I think that's why the flying pig here has become so outspoken about it. Right. Because you just don't want to have that attached to your name and and obviously it's forever going to be attached to their name because you know they let this happen and you know whether they snuck him in or whatever they called it a bandit where they just kind of you know find their way into these things but you know at the end of the day this is this is on them just as much as it's on the parents because they didn't vet the i don't know how many people run in the in the marathon but they certainly didn't do their due diligence in terms of checking people in or or realizing that this kid was near the race line and, and, you know, people that were just watching and observing and wondering why is there this little tiny kid running a, a race? I mean, not a good look for the flying pig. So good, good that they're, you know, taking a stand on it, but also bad that they let it kind of get to that point anyway. Well, and just think how much of a pain it's going to be. To check everybody. I mean, you're going to probably cause a delay or 
it's well, going to be a pain in the butt for everybody. There, you know, there there has to be some form of a check-in, though, because you get your runner's number. There has to be some form of that. And then maybe just adding more volunteers just to kind of make sure that the people that are running don't look like they aren't in first grade yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think when you're in, in the midst of a bunch of, you know, adult human beings, you can probably weed out people that don't look like they belong. I wonder what the beginning of the race is like. Like, uh, I talked to guys in Boston Marathon. They have thousands and thousands of right. runners. I, now, the Flying Pig isn't the Boston Marathon, but I'm, I'm wondering how easy it is, even on a mid-sized race that, that I'm guessing the Flying Pig is, to identify that. That's hard. I, it made me think, too, and I, I wanted to touch on this r- real quick as we're talking. Um, the Elon Musk thing is a big deal now with uh, Twitter, and Elon says, hey, I want free speech and everything. In theory, that sounds great. I think the hard thing, I was watching an interview with him where it says, how do you manage all that stuff? Like, you have to have people check that out. So you're right, Craig. I mean, the flying pigs protecting their butts are saying, hey, we're going to check people. And, yeah, they need to look around and say, hey, hopefully there's nobody that's, you know, one that's running or whoever the case might be. But it's hard to catch everybody, you know? Um, Yeah. The Elon Musk thing, when they're talking about Twitter, the guy interviewing him, and it must have been a friend. I don't think it was a, a news interview. But he sat there and said, look, how can you check all that stuff? You know what I mean? Uh, you have to use a human moderator, and we're humans. You know, we're imperfect. We have biases and all this other stuff. So yeah. it's it's tough. I mean, again, I'm all for free speech. I'm not saying we should restrict everything. But I think there's a reason why we restrict some of these stuff. I mean, because if not, it's the wild, wild west. You can just pull yeah. up wherever. And yeah. again, oh, sorry. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully next year they enhance the number of people that are there to watch the race and, and to monitor. I'm sure they have plenty of volunteers, or maybe just you know have people, you know, sort of better racing and say look i'm I'm looking at this little kid right next to me why is this little kid racing in a marathon or whatever you know maybe it's part of it is policing itself you know or hopefully runners realize that having young kids like this just not a good idea but what if that family says this guy is the tiger woods of running you know (laughs) like like tiger probably could compete in some smaller tournaments as a little kid they're like, how dare you? How dare you restrict yeah, the next tiger? The the physicality of that is different than say you're telling some kid that right. might weigh like sixty pounds, hey, go run twenty six miles. Where <laughs> I mean, that's putting a lot of strain on you and your body. Whereas Tiger Woods golfing at like age twelve, even if against men, is not really. It's the only limitation he has is you know, how, how good of a drive he's going to get off the tees or does he play from the men's tees or does he have like kids tees? But it's a big difference when you're talking about running a, a marathon where there's just 26 miles ahead of you. And, you know, it sounds as though the kid was crying or at least maybe not having a good time physically. And, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of he said, she said, kind of they said type stuff where we don't really know all that was going on where, the parents, I guess, said that they were monitoring him and, you know, would pull him out of the race if need be or didn't want to, you know, jeopardize their safety or whatever. But uh, I don't know. Very, very strange. 
Well, I'm sure Tiger one day as a kid, a kid was like, I don't want to do this. And you're like, come on, Tiger. Yeah, that's that. That uh, may be. I'm sure a lot of kids get into that situation, but you know. I'm just being devil's advocate. Just no, being, I know, like, I know, but you know, that's that happens a lot. But in this case, you know, it's one thing to say, "We'll go out and play," and "Oh, I don't want to go out and play." It, then, then it is to say, "You're going to run a marathon today, six-year-old son." Well, I don't want to run a marathon today. Well, you're going to. That's it's a little bit different than say you're going to play football or you're going to play a baseball game or something. You know, my dogs don't want to go outside sometimes, or they don't want to go when it rains or whatever. But you got to do it. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, sometimes you're going to do things that you don't like, but you're also not going to put their their safety at risk either. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that. You know what's allowable, what's not, because you know Elon Musk is buying Twitter, not YouTube. But I kind of wonder if you're going to get to a situation then where if you sit there and say, "Hey," because I watched part of a video. I'm not sure if it was a flying pig or another video they did, and it wasn't enjoyable to watch. You know what I mean? Like right. we we talk about all these other YouTube people, and they're, they're not all super silly, but they're not. I, I've never really felt uncomfortable. And I kind of felt uncomfortable watching it. It was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a strange situation that probably did not need to, to exist in the first place, but it it does. And I'm sure it's blown up. And you know, obviously, it was a Cincinnati Inquirer story, so our, our company did pretty well with it, I would imagine. And shout out to the photos too that the the Inquirer staff took. They were uh, great photos and. Included a pig, so the flying pig had a pig there, which was kind of fun. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. I, I kind of wonder, and like I say, here's where I think life could get interesting with this: is could you get to the point where if it's a Elon Musk or the guy who runs YouTube, where the case might be, you know, they said, hey, you know, there's some unsafe theories going around about um, COVID that, you know, it's not healthy just to have conspiracy theories go go around. And again, I totally understand. I mean, I'm not questioning why they did that. But, you know, are we going to get to the point where we say, hey, it's not healthy on my network to have videos of six-year-olds running marathons. We, We may get to that point. And again, I think it's good. But for some of the free speech markets, they'll be like, I'm not sure about that, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where things end up with that. So I don't know. All right. Well, uh, Craig, let's um, promo a couple things before we okay. take off. Um, I, I'm losing track of when you talk to Bob. Is it Wednesdays now, I think? Yeah, think? we're going to do uh, Wednesday mornings. Uh, okay. Maybe, yeah. Yep. Um, do you have? Uh, do you know what you're going to be t- discussing? Well, uh, Bob is going to give us his thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So the big oh. blockbuster that has made a bazillion dollars. Bob will be giving us his thoughts. Okay. Um, and then George, uh, what's what's in George's mind? Well, George is. Uh, we're going to be talking Thursday about some various uh, streaming that he's caught up on here. Uh, okay. Obviously, the, the, the next couple of weeks with movies are a little bit bare because of the Doctor Strange release. So, uh, he and I are going to be talking about 
various uh, streaming. I'm assuming that we'll probably be giving our final thoughts on winning time, the rise of the Los Angeles Lakers. All as right. that, uh, that first season has wrapped up and uh, setting up nicely for a second season and maybe future seasons to come, depending on the ratings. But uh, a very nice uh, 10 episode or eight episode, no, 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 10 episode series there from HBO uh, that's got me excited for a second season. Well, and like I said, it could be Game of Thrones. I mean, you could go season by season through all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, my wife and I have been really getting into a lot of, uh, I guess you would say documentaries or crime, you know, docu-crime series or crime documentaries or, you know, true life things. Very much interested, but it was also fun to watch Winning Time and get a little bit of... uh, fictional reality i guess you could say with the 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 liberties that they took with that uh with that show but uh yeah there's a lot there's always a lot of stuff on hbo max man i'm telling you it's it's by far for me the the best overall streamer out there very good um yeah what's going on in with my podcast stuff oh uh last week we talked about uh, we're doing movie commentaries, and Craig, if we run out of stuff to talk about one day, we'll have to try one someday in the future. It doesn't. I I didn't have too much to talk about tonight, so I'm like, we gotta do a movie. But you know, Craig's like, I'm not staying up all night to do a movie, which makes sense. It, it's fine. Um, last week, um, Joe, um, Paul, and I talked about Office Space. We did a little commentary about that. It was kind of weird. We didn't know this. Um, Paul's an agreeable guy. He just says, yeah, to whatever we suggest. Um, so we're like, office space. And Paul's like, great. We start the movie, and Paul's like, I've never seen this before. And we're like, what? That's that's wild. So, Paul, you can listen to the movie commentary where Paul gives his initial thoughts on office space, and Joe and I kind of savage it. Um, I don't know. Joe looked at, like, a cult classic because there's – lines from there that we still know and we still talk about. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as impressed as I was in the past. I don't know what it was. Are, are you like, an office space guy? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm like as in love with it as other people may be into that cult following. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's like a cult classic. Like, it does have some, you know, quotable lines and some fun moments in moments that I still remember, but I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to say that it's like an all-time classic or anything like that, that I know some people kind of believe it to be. I, I think the hard thing is we were all retired, and for a movie commentary, I mean, for a podcast, you can't have dead air. I know, like, when you're watching another movie commentary, sometimes you can just let the movie go, but, you know, you have to talk through it. And I think everybody's getting tired near the end, so... We got we got that. Um, we also, you know, our Steelers stuff. Um, you can also check it out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Steelers had decent draft. We'll see what happens there. And this week we don't have definite plans yet. We'll just see if there's a goofy story too we can talk about, and we'll talk about more Steelers. But that's what I got right now. Um, didn't do any interviews today. I was busy with other stuff. It's been kind of a, a wild time. Yeah, definitely. It's a busy week the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, but we're we're still putting stuff out there. Maybe not quite as much as we did in the past, but hey, pay us more and we'll <laughs> we'll do more. If, if yeah, you, exactly. 
if you start putting a ton of money into Apple Pay, uh, that or um, oh, not Apple Pay, uh, the Cash App. Yeah, give us a ton of money in the Cash App, and Craig and I will do a ton more podcasts. Uh, that'll be our our promise to you. So it should be good. Oh, the other thing, uh, last big interview we did. Or I did was with uh, Ryan Clark of the Steelers and um, ESPN. Checked out. It was fun catching up with Ryan. Um, so lots of good stuff happening. And Craig, anything else you want to get off your chest before we close tonight? Uh, well, you know, I just covered a, uh, a first for me, a military training last week. A lot of wow. fun stuff. Got to cover uh, some uh, <clears throat> training at Fort Campbell here uh, in the northern Tennessee, southern Kentucky border area. A lot of fun. Got got a chance to see them firing some uh, simulation grenade launcher rounds at a, a tank about fifteen hundred meters away, and got to meet some people, talk to people. Um, got to tour the uh, the training grounds there at Fort Campbell. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I've got a story up there on the Leaf Chronicle website. Yeah, check out Leaf Chronicle. Uh, there's actually links on our podcast page for Craig's work and my work. So believe me, clicks are appreciated. So anytime we can. Click on stuff, please click away. It should be good. Um, yeah, that's about it on my end. Tons of stuff going on. Looking forward to someday talking about on air, but just a lot of stuff going on personally. Nothing bad, just busy times, Craig. I think that's the best way I can put it. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I think keep thinking of something else, but hey, that's what we got next week's show. We'll uh, tackle next week. Well, for Craig. This is Chris. As always, thanks for checking out the Highland, all our pop culture stuff. Uh, if you want to take part, let us know. Uh, we'll be more happy to find a place for you, too. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.